The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Welcome in. It is the morning of November 12th. Week 10 is in the books, and this is the early edition of the Week 11 PFF forecast. Got some questions. Got actually a question from the dark web, special Monday morning edition. And then, of course, week 11 games. Let's rock. All righty. Uh, Eric, I'm here in, in freezing cold Philadelphia. I need to complain for a minute here because this, I, I don't, it's not a Motel 8 or a Motel 6, but maybe it should be because uh, they do not have food apparently past midnight. <laughs> I don't know what sort of ridiculous thing this is. And, and, you know, okay, my issue of not being able to get food is one thing, but if I were having a real issue, that this would be unacceptable because every time I've dialed the front desk, I've gotten a busy tone. Uh, the trials and tribulations, shall we say? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, are they just trying to speed up the evolutionary process? <laughs> I, I don't I'm, know if you would be one of the the what. I don't know which one is separate. Is it the chaff that's thrown off? I don't know if you'd be the wheat or the chaff. I believe they they throw out the chaff. Now, if they're trying to do that. I can attest that there are going to be many that are going to fall far, far earlier than me based on what I've seen from the people walking in and out of this hotel. As someone that worked out twice today, I can assure you that I am as strong. I am as strong as anyone. I'm sorry, you worked out how many times today? Just let the listeners know again. Yeah, I worked out twice today. I just got to let you guys know. Uh, It's important. People care about this stuff. Well, here's the thing. We needed that Dallas game really badly and so that second workout that was for you boys that's what it was that game ended up being one of the more one-sided in terms of how the market felt about it right everyone and their mother was all over eagles it went from i think six six and a half all the way up to yep. seven and a half and people were still all about it um and that's a telltale sign that, <laughs> that things might not go that way um, I don't know. Did you enjoy it? it? Was okay. Let's get into the questions. Uh, I think this leads in perfectly. Our first question: What was the most entertaining, terrible game of this weekend? Your vote goes to. I think it's Dallas Philly. Now, when I wrote this question, I had Dallas Philly in my mind because, as you know, as we talked about, I don't think much of the Philadelphia Eagles at this point, and no one thinks much of Dallas. So I thought that this game was not going to be great. And in the first half, if you bet the first half under, for example. You it worked out the way that you wanted, but in the second half, it ended up being a pretty entertaining game. Zeke was terrific, right? About uh, you know one only one point eight yards before contact per carry, but over one hundred and fifteen yards after contact. So he was great. Dak did some nice things, right? And then that defense is terrific, right? Those two linebackers, Smith uh, and Van Der Esch, are, are really fun to watch. I I thought that game was entertaining. I'll give you that. Um, I, I think, I think Seattle, uh, Los that was, a good game too. Oh, was, sure. was more exciting. Um, and I remember, I don't know if that qualifies cause I actually think that was a decent game. The Jacksonville Indy game was definitely not a good game. And that one ended up being 
um, exciting. All right, next question, uh, which was which double-digit underdog do we think had the best chance of winning? Now, no double-digit underdog ended up winning, but we came really close with this question because the question should have been how many underdogs are going to actually win this weekend, and there were a bunch of... Um, the Cleveland Browns, the fighting Baker Mayfields in what was the most falcony of it all was the falconisty, falconisty, falconisty game. Okay, so I, I, one of my buddies, uh, who I, I do the super contest with, in addition to doing it with you, Ross, was very, he was on this one from the get go. So I suggested the Falcons and he just laughs and he goes, I'm going to text you. On Sunday, about midway through the game, and I'm just going to let you know that I told you the Falcons were going to lose this game because it's just perfect. And sure enough, I mean, just a disaster of a game. But the Browns win. The juggernaut Tennessee Titans. The Titans are the, the most enigmatic team in the league right now. I mean, what you know, their defense is decent. Mario, amazing. Dallas, of course. Buffalo behind Matt Barkley in what was a poo-poo platter of the game. Here's here's the great thing about our model, though. When we put when I went in on whatever day it was and put Barkley in as the quarterback, it gave the Buffalo Bills better odds. Like his like replacement level quarterback, whatever, 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 was better than what the Bills were putting in there. I mean, and anything other than Nathan Peterman was a huge boost for them. Um, and then Washington, which was one of the weirdest games because I, the the Bucks marched up and down the field and just could not score in a feat of true magic from, okay, let me ask you this. Is it possible that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the dumbest human being to ever have gone to Harvard? Um, I, have you seen Congress? <laughs> I mean, that's a good it's a toss-up that is that is I, ryan fitzpatrick playing football is just mind-blowingly hilarious so and then uh i was just going to mention that that seattle came close to beating the rams obviously as a pretty heavy underdog um so uh, kind of a, a to quote bill simmons a wonky weekend um which is exciting i don't know that that's really a question though well, and what's nice is, so, you know, obviously, we, if you look at, like, NFL pick watch, you look at, you know, uh, anything, like, we're we're not picking these games well straight up, right? But we do do, like, a win probability model, and even though we didn't get those games, quote-unquote, right, our probabilities were such that we actually moved up in those standings this week just because I think we were shorter on the, on, or, you know, whatever, higher on the underdogs than the market was, and we saw it, you know, having – actually, you know, giving out money line picks for two underdogs this week. So I think that I was, it was a wonky week and it's weird to see that like, oh my gosh, we, we still don't get the Falcons, you know, but uh, in many ways, I think we did see, you know, for example, Dallas and Buffalo, uh, we did see, you know, they're, they were very much alive. Yeah. We were on the right side of Tennessee, on the right side of Washington, right side of the Seattle uh, Rams game. Let's talk about that. Um, Seattle Rams game here for a second because uh, it is worth noting that Todd Gurley for MVP steamboat rolls along and you should mention that you he pointed this out you got to send the notes and this is hilarious Todd Gurley averaged 3.4 yards per carry before contact 
league average is just above a shade above two, 3.4. I mean, Nance and Romo were really trying to, to dress him up and they're like, ah, you know, no running back in the league makes this play. The, the, the dude had wide open just I, gaps. It's, it's the same thing every, it's the same thing every week. And like, he's impressive and he's good, you know, but I don't know. And like Zeke, Zeke uh, on Sunday night, 1.8 yards per carry before contact. He, I think, was far more impressive uh, and far more crucial to his team's win uh, than Gurley was uh, in, in like any any one of the Los Angeles Rams wins. So it's just really weird, and it's it's tough because it, again, it like it hits on our our football senses, right? When when we see this big stallion Todd Gurley run the ball in open space, we just like something you know something happens for the football fan but like how did he get in that open space oh yeah there was a three yard wide hole for him you know and that's a pretty continuous thing for them you're a big fan of stallions <laughs> running running through the fields yeah i mean the interesting thing i thought about when we talked when we looked at the seattle game against the rams and it's going to be unfortunate because i think at four and five seattle's probably not going to make the playoffs but Russell Wilson is so good, man. He just, he just, I don't know. He, that team is not, like Tyler Lockett's like a nice little player. And obviously Doug Baldwin's good. But I couldn't name one tight end on their team. And they're like Mike Davis is probably as athletic as you are, George. And, and like that offense is still like moving the ball against, you know, and obviously the Rams defense isn't very good. But, um, but I, Russell Wilson just is, is extremely good. You really don't have a high opinion of my athleticism, do you? That's a good way to. Uh, that's that's the other way to look at it for sure. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, he did not look great. Uh, Russ Wilson was fantastic, though. You are, you are very correct. That, that game, uh, there were a couple of opportunities for the Rams to sort of break it open. They end up kicking some field goals, which were interesting. That there was one that even made Sean McVay look sick. Uh, and I think he probably should have just gone for it. But uh, the Rams roll along. They obviously meet the Chiefs. Uh, before we move on to our next question, we had a question from uh, Archester Lingo 7 on, on the Twitter bot. He was wondering how we sometimes pick the money line for a team that is not favored to win. And uh, th- this is basic uh, probability. So we just think that the probability of the underdog winning is far different than what the market has it. So we still don't think they're going to win, but the odds are in your favor because you're going to get a large payout for betting them. So that's how the plus yeah. minus so just, thing works. Just as an example, for example, the Bills were seven-point dogs against the Jets. Uh, you know, The market was going to give you $255 for a $100 bet uh, if, they, if you were to bet on them straight up to win the game outright and they were to win. PFF, we have, we would have it at 190, right? So we're saying that you're getting a substantial markup for betting the Bills uh, to win straight up, and and yeah, our predicted score was Jets 22, Bills 18, which is far under that seven, but also to you know, but also we think that they were more you know probable to win. We would have had them any you know basically in this case would be a, a little bit over a 34 percent chance to win. And you, you, the market's pricing it as being less than 30%. So you obviously take that uh, and bet it. And you're not going to win even more than 50% of them, but you're going to get more than 50%, you know, more than one-to-one uh, return on those. So we had that for 
Buffalo. We also had that for Dallas uh, on the Sunday night football game eventually. Unfortunately, we also had it for Atlanta, too, as a favorite. The Putting the predicted score up there is really stupid, and I didn't want to have it up there, but it was something that other people really wanted. Uh, it, the predicted score is the is basically an average. It's the mean, right? Yeah. So what you really should be thinking of is the distribution of scores, right? And yeah. so the, there, there are games that exist, even if you're an underdog, where you win, right? And so what we're saying is the distribution is a little bit different than what the market thinks, right? There are more games where the underdog actually wins than what the market thinks there will be. Um, all right, let's move on to week 11 here because there are actual games that are worth watching week 11. We tried to pick the spreads of three of the good ones. Green Bay at Seattle. This, uh, do you remember what you had this at? I had it at minus two and a half Seattle. Yeah, I think that's, I think I ended up there as well. And that is where it sits right now. Minus two and a half. Do you think this moves either way? Or do you think it sits, stays at two and a half? Uh, I think, I think given what happened this week, I think it stays right there. And then the juice just changes here or there. I agree. I think that's pretty dead set. Philly at New Orleans. Okay. I believe I thought this was going to be Philly or uh, sorry, New Orleans by five and a half. And I, I, I agreed with you. I, I believe I, I thought, you know, I think we, yeah, I think you, I think you, you were in first and you were right. I think you might. Yeah. You might've even gone all the way to minus six. It's minus seven now. Yeah. Um, opening up, which I think isn't, I think we were right on, and then what happened this weekend was a little bit different I, than what we expected, right? New Orleans won by more than you would expect, and, and Philly obviously lost. And then the real the, the real fun one, which is in Mexico City with Tess, Wit, Boog, Andy, Pat, Jared, Sean. Just is, a, is, Te- is Boog going to have a corona on that next to him? Well, here's what I'm worried about. So Boog obviously sits up in the atmosphere. And there's not a lot of oxygen up there. So I'm feeling we might get some real some real great well, Boog, Boog takes. And if he drinks too much, I mean, the app, the, the, the altitude is just going to exacerbate the Boog. I don't think he drinks anything. I think that's natural. <laughs> I think that's all Boog. Anyways, uh, wh- so I believe I thought this would be three. I thought the Rams would be favored by three. Um, you were a little more bullish on Kansas City. And I thought two and a half. I, I actually, I don't know. I think I was more towards Pickham. So I do think it, it just kind of split the difference, probably more towards you. As a, a Sean Mc, I mean, obviously, I, I believe in McVay too, but I also think the Chiefs are very good. So I think it moved more towards you. Obviously, we had we knew the number was three as a look ahead for about a month or so. So it wasn't necessarily the the most blind question, but it's, it's a two and a half now. Okay. So with that being said, let's go into week number 11 and uh, talk about where, where these are at and where we think we should go with them. Let's start with green Bay, Seattle. It's two and a half, as we said. And if you're taking a side, where are you going? Yeah, I'm going Seattle. Oh man. This is where our, our look ahead number is at, right? We ha- we think Seattle's the the right bet here. Let me ask you this: Do you feel great about it? Is, uh, this, is this one you're jumping on right away? I never feel great about going against Aaron Rodgers, but I do think if I'm going to, I Russell Wilson 
my guy. Two and a half is right there on the cusp. I would have liked this a little bit more if it were like one and a half. Um, yeah, this was a tough one. I, you know, it being in Seattle, obviously it's helpful. It is a, uh, this is the Thursday night game, correct? Correct. Yep. So you, you're getting, I mean, both teams, I mean, I guess Seattle had a road game. Um, but you know, you're getting basically long travel from green Bay, green Bay coming off a relatively easy win against the Brockening shocker. Um, and, uh, so I don't know. I, the, the thing about this is, is I like the idea that green Bay and Seattle are basically the same team on a neutral field, because I think that that's true. I think that Seattle and green Bay have a similar quarterback. And I think that they're similarly, um, uh, flawed all the way around the rest of the roster. Yeah. But you've forgotten Seattle has a very good run game. Right. Oh, Seattle lost for the first time with over 200 yards rushing today, by the way. Their history of their franchise. Yeah, but that's a moral victory. So it they was, could actually that's true. have they, they came out of the game knowing they were tougher than the Rams. And Rashad that's all that really Penny, counts. Rashad, a penny for my thoughts, and now I'm rich. is basically the best description of that run game that you can possibly have. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do agree that Seattle's the right side, given that um, – you know, they're, they're probably even on a neutral field, but man, Aaron Rodgers, that's a tough one to bet against. Um, okay. Tennessee, <laughs> the unbeatable <laughs> Tennessee Titans are facing the, uh, offensive powerhouse that is Frank Reich in the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are favored by three. Um, are you buying into the Titans? Are we going to get these tweets by people like we did after week four? Like, why is why is Tennessee only four points favorite in Buffalo? Why do you hate us? Why blah, blah, blah? Because that's what we got. And then Tennessee went on like a – I mean, in hindsight, the, even the Ravens' loss looks bad on their schedule. And then now they beat the Patriots pretty much <laughs> about as handily as you can. I think our numbers would probably say, you know, lean towards Tennessee. Um but Indianapolis is is going to be a tough team to bet against at home. They haven't given up a sack in the last four games. Um, the, I, I don't know, man. T.Y. Hilton healthy, Andrew Luck healthy. I don't. I probably would lay off this game. Yes, uh, I want nothing. I know that as soon as I put any faith in Marcus Mariota, the Iron Chef is going to deliver the clean pocket interceptions that we have come to know and love. And here's the thing about Indy. Their defense is not great. They're probably not going to get a lot of pressure on Mariota. It's going to hurt him ultimately. And uh, I think <laughs> there will be some buy-in on the Titans as far as, oh, that defense is really, really good. Look what they did to Brady, all this stuff. I I don't believe any defense is really that good. It's just sort of a, if they have a good you know outcome, it's probably more of a, it basically says more about the offense, right? I think that Patriots offense was in a similar spot to where it was when it played the lions just kind of really banged up. Um, that was a, luck. that was a Patriots quit spot today, right? Yeah. Not to like, not to talk about that, but like they had that kind of game against Miami last year. They like, they get on the road and the other team plays inspired and the Patriots are like, fine, we'll just have to play the AFC championship game on the road. then. Like they just, they kind of go in and they, you know, they saved themselves. That's what it looked like. I would say 
that I could see this moving towards Tennessee. Yes. Um, Tennessee, so Tennessee will be what the, Tennessee will be what the what the quote unquote sharps pick for sure. There are no such things. There are no ever. such things, but yeah, I do agree with you that I will go to two and a half. I'm a sharp. Speaking I, speaking of, I'm an two. obese person laying on my couch. <laughs> uh, Houston at Washington. So. Would you agree that the Washington's breadsticks have have been the team that has caused the most disagreement between you and me this year? Spreadskins? Uh, maybe. We did get into a pretty heated argument when you declared the Redskins. Uh, well, actually, you didn't declare, but you were mentioning that the model liked the Redskins as a very substantial favorite in the NFC East. And I came I came with the heat. About the Eagles. <laughs> so maybe. Well, so, yeah, right, because we, if you go to the PFF YouTube channel, we we talk about futures, and we talked briefly about Washington. This week was offered at plus 150 to win the NFC East, which we are giving them about a 50% chance. So there was some value there. The, the interesting thing, so obviously I've been very pro-Washington this entire year. They have yet to have a lead change in any of their games which is the most Alex Smith thing ever, right? Either get a lead on a bad team and sit on it all game or get behind a good team and never be able to come back, right? It's And I think when we were talking privately, I think we, but we came to the conclusion that, like, Alex Smith could beat a bad team with you and me at wide receiver, and I wouldn't put any money on him to beat a good team with Jerry Rice and Chris Carter at wide receiver. So, like, that to me is Washington – and so then the question then becomes, what's what is Houston in relate? Houston minus two and a half at Washington this week. Which game? Which set of games does this fall into? I, well, that's an, a really interesting question. I think Washington is a is a terrible team. I, I don't think I agree. I actually watching this game. I, I I think simultaneously that they will win the NFC East, and I think they will lose by forty in the playoffs. It, yeah, I mean, them winning the NFC East is because the Eagles have, like, I don't know what the heck is happening to the Eagles. But that, that game against Tampa Bay was like – Alex Smith was just the Alex Smith we predicted, and it took a Ryan Fitzpatrick poop fest, yeah. uh, right? Because they were just marching up and down the field. I don't even really think the Washington defense is that great, I, you know. Um, the the Eagles have not played an impressive game on a Sunday this year. No, they have not. And, uh, man, I, look, I, I don't think the Texans should all of a sudden be road favorites against, you know, a, a, at least an average team. So that's what I'll say there. I, I think the Redskins should be favored by at least a point. I think this this sets up – I think Washington's a better version of Denver, who was a one-point favorite against Houston two weeks ago in the – Great job, Vance. Game, um, and uh, so <laughs> I agree with you. I, the the weird thing about Washington is it's what 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 record wins the NFC East? Oh, right now it's looking like nine and seven. Gets nine, you there, it's, right? it's the nine and sevenest division in the league. Even the AFC South probably have a team that wins ten games. I can't wait for Week Seventeen, Philly at Washington. 
Man. That's gonna that's gonna be the the play and get in game. Uh, well, I mean Washington right now is a home dog, so are you gonna continue to champion them? Uh, this week, yes. I think of the of there's probably two games I really like so far. This is one of them. Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, but remember, betting against Deshaun Watson is a painful. It's so bad. It's so hard. Don't want to watch that game. Denver playing the Los Angeles Clippers in the Staples Center in Los Angeles. By the way, this is a good time to mention um, if you have $10, you should donate it to help the American Red Cross and the firefighters out in California. Those things are not great. Um, I believe if you just text CA Wildfires, all caps, to 90999, donate 10 bucks. Um, I have donated a fair chunk of change. Um, it's pretty sad. My, my friend who got married in Malibu this summer, I believe that the site which he got married is like not there anymore. So it's, yeah. it's kind of real, man. So yeah, if you, any, if you can help at all, uh, obviously, you know, you know, obviously we support that and, and we're, we're hoping and praying that, that things go okay. Yeah, I mean, talk about the, the shooting there in Thousand Oaks and then the, the fire. Not not a great situation. So can the Clippers uh, and Phillip Rivers find a way to pull this one out against the Broncos, who are a disaster? I will. I would assume that there is a large contingent of bucking Broncos fans here. But the Clippers are seven-point favorites. Too, too little or just right? Uh this, if I were allowed another game, this would be one I'd like. I, I, the Chargers are the Chargers are a very good football team, and they're a very good football team when they're fa- like in games where they're favored. They they're very Ramsian in that way, right? But their defense is better, so they I think that they can sort of like get up on teams and just like demoralize them with their run game and with their good defense. And obviously, Philip Rivers sets them up to be ahead in games because he's had a brilliant season. So. I like I like the I like the Chargers here. I I think this is a game to bet now because I think it moves to seven and a half uh, fairly quickly. If yeah, don't have to tell me twice. Welcome, Oakland at Arizona. This game. Would you rather watch this game or drink a milkshake a milkshake made of your own feces? <laughs> uh, it's close. I'd rather actually uh, have Dak Prescott as my quarterback. I mean, Dak was okay tonight. Yeah, that was the Eagles literally losing every single cornerback. The first quarter with Dak was excruciating. I mean, excruciating. you 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 Skype message like the first. I I don't know if remember remember if it was like Zach Martin being injured or something like that. We were just like. Oh man, this game might be over. <laughs> like, that was it. It was Dak was Dak was literally, you know, those like things that spin on the top of the link that are, like those uh, new age like uh, windmills. Dak was hitting them with the ball. It, Dak was sitting there in the pocket as if he was running seven on seven, and that he just had all day to throw. It was, it was weird. Uh, and then it just, you know, it turned basically because. The uh, the Eagles could not cover anybody really. Um, 
Okay, uh, we got off track there. Arizona's a four point. <laughs> Arizona's a four point How, favorite. Can you imagine? Okay, so both these teams theoretically are trying to lose. I think the Cardinals are trying to win far more than the Raiders are. So this four seems sort of right, given that like they're both two crappy teams. They're even on a neutral field, but the Cardinals are actually trying to win football games. Yes, uh, the their coach being new, but different than the Raiders coach being new, right? Steve Wilkes wants to prove that he's not a complete idiot, whereas John Gruden is tanking and he's proud of it. That's the brilliance of Gruden. Uh, yeah, for that reason, I'm not touching this game. Pittsburgh at Jacksonville in a game that was supposed to be on Sunday night, but uh, Blake Bortles is a quarterback at the Jags, and so now we're going to Chicago. And I'm very, very unhappy about it uh, because the beaches in Jacksonville, Ponte Vedra, slightly higher in my book than Chicago. Though Chicago, Lake Michigan? You can go to the pier. I will not be going to the pier. I will be enjoying the food of Chicago, which is fantastic and certainly better, certainly better than what they've got here in Philadelphia. Just going to throw that out there. Well, it exists. Uh, So there's that. There's that. Jacksonville is getting five points at home. Uh, I mean, are you going to take the Jaguars? The the number the model would suggest to take the Jaguars. Um, you know, I I don't know if you know this, George. The Jaguars beat Pittsburgh twice last year, both times in Pittsburgh. I didn't know this. And, I had no uh, idea. Yeah, man. The, this defense is is not quite. Is it, it used is to be. a is a regressed NFL defense? Yeah. yeah. In a shocking turn of events, defense not not the most stable thing in the world. A couple injuries here, a couple injuries there. Is AJ Boye going to be back? Do you know? I mean, he ha- it, he has to be right. Remember last year, Boye hadn't, hadn't given up a touchdown all season, and then. He gives up one to Antonio Brown, maybe two in the same game, the AFC Championship game or the divisional round. So, I mean, that notwithstanding, they certainly need him and have missed him. They've also missed uh, Aaron Colvin in the slot, too, as we, I think, predicted early in the season. So, I don't know, man. Pittsburgh's rolling, but, like, there are the – Pittsburgh is very New Englandy in this way and that they, like, they get rolling and then there's just this one clunker of a game that they play. So – I don't know. For that reason, I'm going to stay off the game. Yeah, I really want to take the Jags. Um, but it's tough. It is really tough. All right, Sunday night, the second best game of the weekend, I think. Um, or maybe third. I don't know. It depends what you think of Philadelphia. Minnesota at Chicago. I'm going to go second best. There you have it. The Lobster Trubisque welcoming in Kurt Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. The Chicago Bears are three-point favorites, plus 100 at the moment. Um, that seems like uh, a little bit of respect for Mitch Trubisky. Does he deserve it? Well, given our lock of the week this week, <laughs> demonstrated no respect in the Trubisk, we do have to adjust our, our ranking of him a little bit. That said, if you would have – if I would have told you at the beginning of the season that this game would be with Minnesota would be an underdog in this game, what would you say? I saw that the even Kurt Cousins Khalil Mack trade. 
probably the probably the cousins playing really badly. And his cousins playing really badly? No, he's not. Yeah. See, I to me this is the second game I really like. The first time I I think this will be the first time all all year that we're on the uh, on the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, I I agree with you. And the the Lions are a fraudulent football team. They are terrible, and their defense is extra terrible. Like They're particularly extra, extra beige prefix star. That's got to be one of my least my least favorite of your uh, of your jokes. <laughs> the, the prefix the prefix gets me every time. I see. I like beige because I think beige is a color. It's garbage, right? It's, it's bad. Like, so so that works when you throw out the prefix. That that sends me to the pit of misery. Here's the thing. So you have hated on you have loved on Alex Smith all year which is funny. You have hated sort of as a reverse jinxy kind of way on Kirk Cousins and and the Vikings. Um, the defense for the Vikings was bad. I don't think they're bad anymore. And I think that's kind of the difference, right? What you're looking for in the NFL is, is my offense good? And is my defense not a total train wreck? And I think that's the case with the Vikings and with the Bears. I don't think that offense is good. I think that they have had some luck on their side, and I think Trubisky um, is not quite there, despite what he did against the Lions. I think these defenses are equally yoked, and and hence, if you look at, I think the Bears are decently weaponed offensively, and their offensive line is better than the Vikings. But you put it all together, and I, the Vikings' offense is far better than than the Bears, in my opinion, and. I, I don't know. Like, I've been skeptical of Cousins because I thought the Vikings could do other things at the quarterback position. Our model had their, their win total under. We've literally had the other team in every single game this year against the spread, uh, or at least like a no pick. So, I don't, but I do think that it's finally catching up. And if it has to be because the Bears are being overvalued, that so be it. But I do think that we'll be on the Vikings here. And I do think you know, Cousins has exceed, exceeded most of most people's expectations. He still has uh, some plays, which I do think the Bears will capitalize if he makes those like dumb interceptions or fumbles this week. But there might just be a game where he plays perfectly, and then I think they're, the Vikings can't be touched in that event. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let's save Monday Nighter for last. Carolina at Detroit. Detroit is getting three and a half. Uh, no. No. Yeah. Just I, Detroit. I, I, I'm done with Detroit. Detroit was the Detroit. We've been on Detroit like what two or three weeks, and they got they gave us that backdoor cover in San Francisco week two, I think. Um, but they're just and their defense is so bad. It's just not. They're toy with them today. The Detroit Lions. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, it's tough for me to bet. I'm certainly not. I, I have no stomach for Detroit, even as a home uh, dog. I know that they beat the Patriots as a home dog. I get it, but uh, that that game seems so much more random and weird now after what's happened. And dude, Detroit beat Green Bay and New England at home, but oh, it's, I I mean maybe they're a different team. We we backed them the last two weeks as road dogs, um, you know, but they lost to Seattle by two touchdowns at home, coming off of a bye, so. I don't know, man. 
I, I would stay away from this game. Carolina was looking like the next, you know, one, a, a top 10 team and then just got completely freight trained on Thursday night. So uh, there, that's a good question as to how they'll respond to that. I would argue n- nothing about my opinion of Carolina really changed in that Pittsburgh game. So if they keep that one close, say they lose by three, what's the spread of this game? Oh, that's a great question. Um, four and a half. Okay. So uh, that'd be my argument. I, I would say that, that maybe Carolina, um, is the right side here, though I'm not, I'm not jazzed about it. Philly at New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints, seven point favorites. You still have faith in Carson Wentz? I mean, Carson Wentz is playing fine, right? I don't think he's the problem. He, he made some tremendous plays tonight, right? Like that one where the guy literally grabbed his wristband while he was throwing. I mean, he's, he's a, I just think everything else associated with the Eagles is not good right now. That defense, if that defense shows up, New Orleans is scoring, what, 60 points? The defense from tonight? Yeah. yeah. I mean, New Orleans could pick their New Orleans right now, I feel like, can pick the score against almost anybody offensively. Like I they they had a little bit of trouble against the Ravens, right? But mostly the Ravens game was them not being able to convert the fifth, fourth down on their first drive. Right? Like, no, you're right. There I mean, today against today against the Bengals, they they knew it was a trap game. Like, uh, Sean Payton set off the fire alarm. He threw something so hard in the locker room today. And, like, he, like, and they knew it was a trap game. And so they said, okay, well, we don't want our defense on the field that much. So we're just going to take seven and a half minutes in every drive. They took, like, one shot downfield all game, completed it. And, like, basically, they didn't punt. They scored on, like, every possession by just, like, getting five yards at a time because they know they could. And they didn't want their defense on the field against the Bengals. I, you know, I think if Philadelphia shows any sort of like weakness here, New Orleans is just going to put up 40 again. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I do kind of like the Eagles as a team getting points. That Now, I think this one might get to seven and a half. I, I think well, so there's a chance. Here's so, a question. Here's a question for you. If Philly would have won tonight's game by four, or let's even say they came back and beat Dallas. Like they got the touchdown at the end. They went for two. They made it. They win that game 28-27. What's the spread of this game? I think if they win it in the first fashion, like they win by four and it's sort of their head the whole time, I think this is probably six, maybe five and a half. If they do that, you know, if they kind of come from behind and it's like a you know last second thing, I think maybe it's six and a half. Um, but certainly it's not seven if they win that game, I yeah. think. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think, I don't know, it just, and we've been on Philly a few times. We had him against Indy. We had him against Tennessee, like, and we also had him in their good games against the Giants on Thursday night and everything. And, like, just seeing, like, them play, there's just, there's just something wrong with, every, like, there's just something keeping them from hitting on all cylinders. You know what I mean? Oh, certainly. And, and it just doesn't like if you're going to beat a team like New Orleans, you have to you have to convert every single opportunity. And I just don't think Philadelphia can. Yeah, I don't think 
I don't think them winning this game is what I foresee, but it is do or die time for the Eagles. And they're, you know, they, they've got some proud players on the team. They've got some good players on that team. I think Golden Tate gets more integrated into things. Lane Johnson comes back. Um, you know, if, if Darby and Mills are out again, that would be, that would be hard for me to stomach. Um, we'll see what Sidney Jones' deal is, but like if they somehow get their cornerbacks back, I don't know. I, we'll I, see I how George Shahuri's hamstrings doing. To be honest with you, they gotta get some guys in there. Yeah, there's no chance I'm coming back to Philly. KC, Los Angeles, in Mexico City, Rams favored by two and a half. Um, our model has it closer to one, one and a half. So you have already bet on the Minnesota Vikings. Are you going to double dip and go with? <laughs> the Chiefs, and have yourself a euphoric Week 11 on the couch rooting for the Vikings and the Chiefs. You have, people don't know this, but you have a jersey that is half Minnesota Adrian Peterson and the other half Kansas City Larry Johnson. Oh, I know. The other half is Eddie Kennison. Priest Holmes would have been my... My um, personal favorite. There's a guy in my fantasy league whose team is named High Priest after Priest Holmes, like 10 years ago. It's um, pretty good. Also, Dante Hall. Yes, yeah, catching punts behind his back. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I have the stomach for this at two and a half, to be quite honest with you. If I were to, I probably would take Kansas City on the money line or something like that. But I don't know. To me, it's hard because the Chiefs haven't played a real offense in, in a few weeks. And so their defense has like put up decent numbers and their coverage guys have been decent for a couple weeks here. But I don't know. I have to see it against somebody other than like Josh Rosen um, or, you know, Mayfield's fine, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like they haven't, I, they haven't been tested since the new England game and we know how that one went. So uh, I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic about this game, but I, I have a hard time saying like they're they're definitively the side when I'm not getting the the full three. I I do like the Chiefs here a little bit. Uh, it goes against everything that I stand for in my <laughs> in the bottom the bottom of my heart. I, so, I you I, don't I like the Chiefs they, because they're my favorite team, right? I mean it's like it's one of those where you Oh no, not at all. I, I actually like the Chiefs quite a bit. I just have a tremendous amount of appreciation for Sean McVay. All right. Yeah, that is true. It's on the other side of McVay. Although we've, yeah, we've gone on the other side of McVay before. The model like Seattle this week. Right, right. No, no, no. I I understand that. I I just, um, you know, I, I wanted to believe in in what McVay has put together in Los Angeles. I I think that the Kansas City Chiefs have as good, if not better, of an offense um, than the Rams have. Cup tearing his ACL does not help. I do oh, not yeah, I care. I do not care about Todd Gurley one bit. Um, that doesn't influence me really at all. So here's what it comes down down to for me is is Aaron Donald and Sue and Fowler, are they going to be able to do enough against that Lot, you know, that offensive line Banged to, up. To, to steal a couple of possessions because I don't 
I don't know if you have a lot of faith in the Kansas City, you know, pass rush, but really, like, if you give both these quarterbacks time, like, you're just going to give up 50 points. Like, that's just what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, so, so to me, it's really all about which defense is able to sort of put together at least one stop. Um, well, but so in that case, I think I would lean towards taking the points. Well, if you look at our, I, I'm looking old plus minus this, I might have to dig a little deeper, but if you look at like the pass rush grades we've given out so far this year, it goes Philadelphia, LA Rams, Chiefs, right? And like the, when you hear the Chiefs, you think, oh, like isn't their defense pretty bad? Um, however, you know, D Ford is a 10 sack, 13 quarterback hit, 33 hurry guy. Uh, Chris Jones, you know, Mike Renner's guy from three years ago, seven sacks, six hits, 26 hurries. And then Justin Houston came back this week and was a really dominant force uh, as a pass rusher against the, uh, you know, against the Arizona Cardinals. If those three guys are healthy, I do think that they can match wits um, talent wise with the Sues and the, and the Fowlers and the Donalds. It's the issue for me is that Kansas City, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, the right guard, he's on IR. Mitch Morse has missed about a three or four weeks with a concussion slash uh, injuries. Their left guard is Cameron Irving, who's not very good. Their tackles are fine, but that is where the decided edge is, is the fact that the Chiefs offensive line isn't anywhere near as strong uh, as L.A.'s. They depend on Kareem Hunt to break a lot more tackles and to gain a lot more yards after contact than the Rams do Gurley. So, I don't know. I think Mahomes is more talented than Goff. It does it does come up to be, you know come up to be a really really good uh, matchup. If Sammy Watkins plays, uh, he was out this week. I do think that they are better in the receiving core, especially given you know I think Kelsey's better than anything the Rams have at tight end. So the real question then is what's uh, what's your guess? Uh, have you looked at the total yet? Uh, let me let me have a quick candor here. Sixty-three and a half. Really? Did Damn you not it. Get, I'm sorry. Did you not get what I was going out there? <laughs> Come on. It's what late, it? George. It's late. I just, you know. I was going to say 65 in all fairness. So, well, and, and, we, and, and everybody that listens to the podcast knows you're very smart. So you probably, you would have been on. <laughs> I, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to get to 65. Let's just put it that way. I have made a w- an investment here. <laughs> I have no doubt that we are soaring. Well, and over. 63 and a half, I believe, would be the highest that we've in the PFF era. Am I right? Yes. Uh, well, do, what, do you think before that there was a over 64 game? A key number of you. an over under of 34. That was a key number back in the day. Right. You know, McMahon so, playing quarterback. So 63 and a half is. 35-30, that's what the halftime is going to be. Are you kidding me? Um, this is getting up well past 63 and a half. This is the lowest you're going to be able to find this number. This is We talked about this last last year, right? So when you have, when you're stretching the ends of something, it's very hard to move significantly past an outlier, right? So we saw, we, the reason we brought this up last year was when that first really big spread hit with the Patriots. And it was yes. like, well, we can't make it too big because, you know, that's just, just too big. And it's like, actually, no, Miami is just that bad. And the Patriots are going to steamroll all over them. And I think this is one of those situations where um, it's hard to move that much past the biggest that we've seen. 
But guess what? We've never seen offenses this good in the NFL and particularly offenses this good with defenses that really don't matter and aren't that great, particularly in coverage, playing one another. Um, so I still think it's too low. Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of a lot of, you know, a lot has been written about Kansas City and how they've had an improved defense. I think that those those writers are going to have a rude awakening on Monday. I can't wait. I can't wait for Monday night. It's been a long time since I've said that. Tess, Witt, Boog, the high Giants chair. Oh, my goodness. That's right. We have Giants Niners in a few hours. I need to go to bed because I've got a really long, arduous jersey, a journey back. Back to the natty. There's nothing like flying back tonight. It's supposed to rain. God only knows if I'll even make it to my apartment, much less the office. <laughs> so thoughts and prayers for me. Uh, but really, actually, thoughts and prayers for everybody out there in California. And um, we will see you guys on Thursday, of course, with our normal podcast. In the meantime, you can check us out on YouTube, the PFF YouTube TV channel, and at ProFootballFolks.com. Eric, I will see you on the flip side. Take care.